Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 158 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, your media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going good. We just ate some Chipotle. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Chipotle, or actually Shannon Patterson, because yeah. she bought Chipotle. Yep. But Chipotle, <laughs> if you would like to sponsor an episode. <laughs> we would love it, because you know Chipotle is listening right now. Yep. You know that. Or uh, if you're Chipotle's competition, oh, we can be swayed. We can. We can. Either way, we smell like an armpit because yep. the oniony things. But yeah, um, doing good. Doing good, yeah. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, doing really good. Uh, so what did you think of Porch Fest? It was fantastic. Yeah. It was good. You know, it, we get here early, mm-hmm. and then um, we're setting up. And I always have this like in my mind, this mental thing of, and then people start to trickle in, and I'm like, gosh, I hope people come. And then next thing you know, you turn around, and the place is just packed out, and it was wonderful. So, Oh, yeah, because, yeah, that is totally a fear of mine. It's like, <laughs> did did you do your job? Are people going to come? Um, but, yeah, it was wonderful. It was great. I met a lot of new people. I met people who um, were like, hey, we're so-and-so. We've been here for a couple of weeks now, and it's yep. good to meet you in person. I'm like, it's great to meet you, you know. Mm-hmm. And then just people who were just – as I mentioned Sunday, you know, just visiting our campus, they were here for the event mm-hmm. and just um, uh, just here for the good time. And it was it was neat because I did actually observe a lot of our people talking to other folks. Yeah. So I was really glad for that. And and it's one of the few events that I actually get to walk around and talk <laughs> to people. Right. Usually, I mean, I mean, on a Sunday, I don't generally talk to people. Yeah, because there's I'm, not a lot of buttons for you to push uh, well, when it's an outdoor event. Yeah. And there's no music. Yeah, so <laughs> so I I got to um, mingle. I get to mingle on the porch fest day, and he did and a great job. Um, so what we did with the staff this year was, we were like, this is an all hands on deck. So we divvied up kind of the responsibilities for the week and yep. for the day. Mm-hmm. And so you had the chili, chili cook off, and so um, you did a great job. Which. I remember you pitching it the first time. I was like, wah, wah, wah. that's yeah. kind of lame. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. So. And, I, and I've won Spicy's Chili two years in a row. <laughs> I think that was rigged. Right. No, you get, we have judges. We yep. actually have judges. And so, mm-hmm. did we have three this year? Uh, technically, we had four. Okay. Um, but, I mean, they, wa- they, they were. They want to remain anonymous? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, there were some really good chilies, and there were like uh, I know the most unique one won by less than half a point. Oh wow! Yeah, like wow. it was close. There were some really good chilies. Yeah. Well, I will say I didn't try a whole lot of them. I tried the one that um, who the one who won overall, Jim Simino. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Jim made that. I'm gonna eat that because if you happen to be friends with Jim and you follow him on social media, he's always posting like amazing stuff with the food he cooks just for a regular old dinner at their house. Yep. I'm always like, what time do you want us to come over for dinner? So I was like, I'm eating that. And mm-hmm. it was wonderful. So. Yeah. He sent me pictures of while he was cooking. And I was like, well, I'm not entering overall. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was good. It was a great time. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. You? And, yeah. Yep. And shout out to our grill team. Yes. They oh, did this an incredible awesome. job. And they did something different this year. Yeah, we were like, yeah, there's going to be hot dogs. There but, were, but, but... They stepped up. Every person brought a diff, a different thing to cook on the grill. Meat. So we had drumsticks, we had sausage, we had... Pork per- loin. Pork loin. Ribs. Yeah, oh yeah, so... Um, and... Sausage, yeah, I and, said that, yeah. And they cooked from like three until they ran out. They ran out, yeah. So. And it was in fantastic yeah it was it was a really good time and i'm uh all the trunks and the the uh booths that people did um that our community groups did were really great so it's a good time mm-hmm. and i got to get in the barbie box and be pastor barbie mm. so i got a picture of that so i felt kind of good about it <laughs> so um yeah 
We want to jump into today? Let's do it. So um, we have been talking the last two episodes, so episode 156 and 57, um, about uh, what's going on over in Israel, in the Gaza Strip especially. Um, we've talked about who is Hamas. We've talked about, um, like, the, the what did we say last week, the um, the the physical restoration of Israel or the historical, I can't remember how we... Uh, we we did physical. Physical. So, yeah, so like the restoration of the... The land. The land. The land, that's right. So there's two things that have come up. Well, one is we want to follow that up with talking about... So we know what the physical restoration of, or we kind of know what the physical restoration of Israel has looked like, which is why there's conflict now. Yep. Um, but we're going to look briefly, and I say briefly because I I wish I was m- more, I say I wish, uh, more knowledgeable about those things. I just haven't put in the time. Like, m- there's so many smarter people out there that you can find about this. But I do want us to look briefly at what the scriptures say about the spiritual restoration of Israel, not just the, you know, the boundaries of the land, you know, but actual what does scripture say about the spiritual restoration. <clears throat> and then the other thing is, and this has come up a couple of times in different conversations that um, I even was pondering a while back, and I've had other people ask, and it's like, who are the Palestinians? Mm. Who are who are these people? People of Palestine. Right, but is there a Palestine? Like in modern day, is there a Palestine? So No, there's not, right? Exactly. So like we're going to start with that one first today. But, I can't. When did Palestine as a country go away? Let me look that up. You do that because I'm going to share what I have. Okay. So for four centuries leading up to and really all the way through World War I, the area that we currently call Israel was part of a much larger um, kingdom and it was controlled by the Ottoman Turks. Yes. Okay. And they've ran it for centuries. Right. So for four centuries, yeah. right? Okay. Now, yeah. during their rule, the Turks permitted the migration of Muslims from Egypt and Sudan into the area. So this is when the, the Muslim uh, influence came in. Now, those migrants... So when people wonder, like, why are they fighting over the Gaza Strip? There are people who are saying, no, that's our land, and there's... Israelis saying, no, it's our land. And, and who, who has it, right? Those migrants, the, the Muslims from Egypt and Sudan, became the ancestors of many who now call themselves Palestinians. So, but what's important to note is there, there was never a sovereign country called Palestine. Mm. Okay. There was never one occupying that territory. It was a region under the authority of the Ottoman Empire. Right. What do you have? So this is Wikipedia. Uh, the, wiki, 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 the state Wikipedia. of Palestine is a state located in the southern Levant region of West Asia, officially governed by the Palestinian Liberation Organization. It mm-hmm. claims the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and mm-hmm. the Gaza Strip as its territory, though then entirety of that territory has been under Israeli occupation since 1967. Mm-hmm. So you notice the wording there. It says the Israelis are occupying their land, not um, that this was originally Israeli. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's an article about Palestine. No, no, yeah, yeah. and that's fine. That's just It's going to have that slant. That's the side of it, yeah, right? Yeah. This is why there's conflict. Uh-huh. So um, at the conclusion of World War One. The Turks ceded the the land, this land, to the League of Nations. Yes. Right? Which then the League of Nations told and the, the League British of Nation, Authority. Right. And the League of Nations is like a predecessor to the UN. Correct. Right. We'll get so. yeah, yeah, we're getting yeah, you're right. Um, so they the, the League of Nations authorized the British to have jurisdiction over it. So it became known as the British Protectorate. Of Palestine. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did the British is because at that time, mm-hmm. after World War One, they were the largest empire on the planet. That mm-hmm. was considered good. Yes. So that, so basically they let the biggest good stick in the room 
be mm. in charge. Yeah, yeah. And they did have their their uh, the Union Jack was uh, over yes, a lot yeah. of the globe. Yeah, because uh, sure. um, China, like there's uh, British territories all over the world mm-hmm. at this point. So that's why they were. It was basically going, "Hey, you're handling so much of the other world. <laughs> we don't know what to do with this. Here you go." Right, and so this protection, the British Protectorate of Palestine, it was in place until the end of World War II in 1947, mm-hmm. which then comes the date that we have mentioned a few times. Um, so during, so at the conclusion of World War II, the League of Nations became a larger multinational governing body. The United yeah. Nations, yep. as you said, and part of their efforts were well, really, is they're like to help keep peace, you know, in the world. But part of the the initial uh, efforts of the UN was to find a homeland for millions of ethnic Jews who had suffered through the Holocaust and really continent wide persecution. Yeah. I mean, like all global, uh, yeah. I mean, global European, yeah. Uh, Asian, uh, as far as you, know, you think about Russia and stuff, mm-hmm. persecution. And so in the towards the end of the year in 1947, the UN officially divided, they took the British Protectorate of Palestine, they divided that between the Arabs who had been living there and the Jews who would be given a portion of it. Yes. And... And that was considered their ancestral homeland, which is why they chose that place to forge a brand new country on their own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is why there's no, it's mine, no, it's ours, no, it's yours, no. I mean, you. So in late '47, it's divided, and the Jews celebrated um, this this new arrangement because now they have a place to call home. But of course, the Arabs there and the Arab nations surrounding it. We're not happy with that at all. No. Um, now, so the British officially withdrew. We've talked about this, I think, on every episode so far about this. May 14th, 1948, okay? Um, and the modern state of Israel was born. And then what happened was... The next day. The next day, Israel was attacked, Syria, Egypt, Iraq, and other Arab nations. And Israel successfully defended off the assault. But there were two um, agreements made about the territory after that um, that attack on May 15th, 1948. One is that a large portion, so you just read this, a large portion of eastern Israel, so Israel had been set up by the U.N., mm-hmm. A large portion of eastern Israel called the West Bank would be run by the country of Jordan, and then a smaller southern strip called Gaza would be controlled by Egypt. Now, neither of these are Jewish countries. Right. (laughs) So, and this arrangement lasted for about 20 years. Mm, Until about 1967. Egypt and its Arab allies, they attacked Israel again. They wanted to just do away with the Jewish state, the, is Israel as a country, as a nation. And so this was known as the Six-Day War. Mm-hmm. lasted for 14 days. Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Six days. Uh, so it took Still less... Still going on. Yeah. But here's the deal. It took Israel less than a week, just six days, to to put up a defense and have victory over their their um, foes, like mm-hmm. their enemies. So, and during that six-day war in 1967, what happened is the Israelis took back what they gave over in 1948. They took back the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, a place called the Golan Heights, and they even captured the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt. So they didn't just restore what they had in 1948, right uh, after World War II and everything was set up, they actually took back more. And so over time, Israel has given back the Sinai Peninsula. Um, Egypt allowed the Gaza Strip to remain under the control of the Jewish state. But then, and this is, I mean, really, like I don't have, I wish I understood greatly because 
anytime we talk about, well, Israel did this, or Egypt did that, or Iran did this, or Iraq did that, what we need to remember is there are some huge countries that are backing them, the United States included. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's not like just this one little country decided to go after this one little you know, the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. No, there's there's backing, there's financial backing, there's arms, I mean, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So after um, <clears throat> the Six-Day War in 67, Israel had taken over more. Over time, over the last, um, you know, I guess up to then, like 40 years, um, Israel gave back Sinai. I already said this, Egypt let the Gaza Strip remain under Israeli control. But then in the early 90s, um, West allies, the U.S., Great Britain, um, really influenced and encouraged Israel to give back portions of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip to the Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I claim ignorance on this. I don't know what... I think it was to 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 uh, calm the the tensions in the region. Yeah, but I I don't think that really that really worked. But well, I mean, they were wrapping up De- Desert Storm at the right. time, and they were trying to get like peace in the Try, across the peace whole, in the Middle East. That's but right. across the whole region at yes. the time, and right. that, when they were done with uh, Desert Storm, that place was about to overflow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the U.S. was like, "We've got to calm this down because we don't want to go straight into another." Right, right. And you know, with every... Well, I say you know. uh, This is my opinion. When every time there's a... Like, the way Israel has responded to um, Hamas in the Gaza Strip, Mm -hmm. right? I know a lot of people are saying, hey, Israel, calm down because there's just the collateral damage, civilian deaths that are piling up are just... it's. It's a lot. Yeah. And um, I understand that. And I, you know, I'm not like Israel, don't defend yourself. But, and I also know they want to get their enemies. But anytime this happens, like, all I can think about is there are, uh, I mean, definitely young men, but I would say women, children, families, older people that are just, they're watching um, Israel backed by the U.S. and Great Britain and France and all these other com- uh, countries that are backing this country that is just decimating them. And I'm not talking about Hamas. I'm talking about just the, the people that live in Gaza. Yeah. And what are they being indoctrinated with now? A hatred towards the West. Mm-hmm. A hatred towards those of us who are really saying, We're, we, we want to be on the side of God here. Mm-hmm. We want to be on the side of yeah. God with the Jewish people. This is why... So many Americans are like, we support Israel because they're God's people and we're God's people, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's this, uh, I mean, I cannot imagine the the generation that's going to come out of this, the young people, um, and what is their view going to be of uh, uh, the Jewish people, the Christians, the Western world? Um, are we just, not we, but from this, is there just a whole new generation of hatred that is yeah. stirring. Well, and you, but you go and you read stuff in the Old Testament, and you go, "Is this any different mm-hmm. than what was going on then? Right? Is it any worse, any better, mm-hmm. or are we just living in a time frame where we're getting more information about uh, it? Well, yeah, without a doubt. And because I mean, our God's no God is no stranger to to mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. Like he held the sun in the sky, <laughs> so he so they could finish off they their. They have victory, yeah. So I mean, it really, to me, what it is is like you've got to be careful who you elect as your leaders because if they mm-hmm. if they make a move like this mm-hmm. and they don't win, mm-hmm. you're gonna be destroyed. I mean, yeah, yeah, and I think in with our current politics, I know that. Um, you don't get to attack somebody and they go, oh, we didn't win, so yeah. we're backing off now. Yeah. Well, I know that under uh, I know that under President Obama and under President Biden, they took a lot. They have taken a lot of uh, criticism from Christians who said you're not supporting Israel enough. Right. 
And it really wasn't, from my understanding, until Gaza was, a, uh, the attack happened um, on October 7th, that you really heard President Biden speaking to um, what was going on in Israel. And the fact that he made a trip over there was actually su- kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, and now he's getting and, blasted for supporting Israel too much. Well, right. I mean, and that's a, I, I don't, you know, you can't I, win, for, you can't For lose. our listeners, I rolled my eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, so. I mean, he's the president. So he's the president, but yeah. I mean, the fact he made an appearance, I was very glad that was, for. That but was he, impressive, right? Um, so here we are. So Israel has given back some portions, um, and the once in, after you said after Desert Storm, um, the Western allies were like, let's let's uh, try and bring some peace here, and so Israel began to hand back authority in the West Bank. And the Gaza Strip to the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. And remember, they became the Palestinian people once they moved in there, and they kind of just became a, a, a people, like yeah. a group of people. Yeah. Um, and it was after that transfer over that uh, the military presence in Gaza was Israel just removed everybody, so or withdrew. So then um, this is when it gets... I mean, I think it was expected. And if you ask anyone who's like a world historian or watches all this stuff. So a year after um, there was no more military presence in Gaza, that's when the Palestinian people elected to be their leadership, their government, is this radical Islamic group, Hamas. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) they're funded by Iran. I, we mentioned this two episodes ago. The charter calls for the violent destruction of Israel, mm-hmm. um, the conquest of the entire region to bring it under Muslim rule. The under entire Muslim, world. Yeah. Well, starting there and then yeah. outward, right? Yeah. And so since 2006, um, Israelis, not just since then, but definitely increased, Israeli citizens have been on this receiving end of... Iranian financed rocket attacks yep. um, from Gaza, just any random day, you know, just out of nowhere. And um, in response, Israel has retaliated a few times against these. They have, I can't remember the name of their defense system, but they call it something that I was hearing about during like the attacks were live. And it's like not globe or. I can't remember, but it's it's this. Uh, they have a very very high tech, um, like rocket defense system. Iron Dome. The Iron Dome. Yeah, and it's you would see like stuff like exploding in in the sky where the the you know missile attacks were coming yeah, in. Yeah, it's a defense system. Yeah, I mean it's it's legitimate. Um, but it's not to attack. It's straight up defense. Defense. Yeah. Yeah. So there has been um, the defense to that. There has been some retaliation. Um, and let's just be real. A lot of innocent Palestinians have lost their lives, just as innocent Israelis have lost their lives. I mean, people who were not involved in this conflict in any way, shape, or form have lost their lives. So when Hamas attacked on the 7th, um, I mean, it was the boldest attack that they've ever had. Um, and, of course, we know, it, I believe, 1,400 people lost their lives in that, Israeli citizens. Um, and now the their war was officially declared. So the war itself, you could say, is new, but it's really not. Mm. It's just been escalated and responded to. Um, and it's... Even if they were to meet, uh, reach a peace treaty right now, um, it it would be a ceasefire. It wouldn't be a peace treaty. It no. would be a we're not going to... Um, and, and like you said last week, it's like, yeah, Israel can agree to say we will not fight you anymore. Hamas is not going to no, have that agreement. No, it's in their charter. Right. They, cannot, they can't enter peace talks. Right, right. They will not. Um, they we, want the violent destruction of Israel. Which is why it's so important that Israel is in war with Hamas and not Palestine. Right. And that's where I think a lot of the, uh, um, you know, at this stage, um, I don't know, you could look it up. I want to say the number was around 7,000 at this point of Palestinians. Now, of course, 
you know how numbers can be changed, but I, I wouldn't, you know, the leaders of Hamas, those who are planning these attacks, they're hiding, you know, in the basements of hospitals and schools and neighborhoods. And um, so they are using human shields. They're using their own people as shields, uh, which is the just the pinnacle of cowardice, uh, if you could, if you could uh, use that word. But so l- let me, as we kind of finish this up while you look that up. So it's, it really is, it, it's a fool's errand for us to think that anytime soon that, that if Hamas is destroyed, that someone else is not going to come in and take their place with hatred towards Israel. Um, scripture tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem in Psalm 122. Um, not just for a temporary peace like, you know, today for the, uh, the war that's going on right now, um, but to, to also pray, you know, to remove innocent civilians from the, from the crosshairs, right? But we also are talking about praying for an eternal peace that comes through Christ, which is what we're about to transition into as we talk about not just the physical restoration of Israel, because that has happened, even though it's being challenged, but what does the spiritual restoration of Israel look like? Because that's really what the ultimate goal is, is that for the Jewish people to recognize Jesus, the Palestinians to recognize Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, so that oppression and violence and terror and all this will cease because the ruler, the Prince of Peace, will return. Mm -hmm. So what does it say about our current... Now, this is... uh, a uh, released a press release from the P- Palestinian Health Ministry, so take it mm-hmm. as it is. Um, it says 7,028 people mm-hmm. have been killed mm-hmm. since uh, Israeli started firing back. Mm. Yeah, Israel started firing back. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's real, and I don't know. You know, I don't think um, this is. I don't think that Israel will continue a bombardment. Um, Did they release the hostages? Not to my knowledge. Then why would they stop? I just think that because they operate as as a religious group of people I, and I they mean, have their Western allies who... I wouldn't. I think at some point they will look at the toll of the civilian... Knowing that the cowardice enemies are hiding behind people, I mean, at some point they'll have to say... Well, What's another way? And I don't, I mean, the end goal they could blow up the rock. Is, dis- is destruction. Yeah, they could. And I think that would be the beginning of World War III <laughs> if they did that. Are I you mean, talking about the rock that the mosque is yeah, on? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. So we're not, we're not super shifting gears here because we're saying all this is going on and it will go on in some way, shape, or form until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. And the reason some, I know a lot of people who are like, I don't know why why Jesus is waiting. He needs to go ahead and come back. Well, we're going to look at some scripture together. Um, There's things that have to happen. Right, right, The rock's got to get blown up eventually. Now, here's what's interesting. So we threw out some dates. Prior to 1948, when Israel was named as a a nation, Mm -hmm. um, there were, there was really open debate from Christians saying one, there's never going to be a physical restoration of the nation of Israel. They they would have said not going to happen. Um, that there there's no way that that the Jewish people are going to return to Israel. Um, no, they, because they of assumed there would be a seen. new nation somewhere else, or, or or that they wouldn't even become a nation. Or they yeah, that uh, was it was like the church is the nation of Israel. Right, right. The physical restoration of a place they were like Mm-mm, that's not going to happen before 1948. But it happened. That's right. Now, I was doing some casual reading through the Encyclopedia Britannica the other day. I was reading an article from 1911. Like a physical one or like online? <laughs> physical. Hello. Do you, so I was probably like one of the last kids that had like a en- encyclopedia salesman so come cool. to my house. And my parents were like, going to buy them. I was like, please don't do that. <laughs> no, I, I, this was awesome. Because those cost as much as a car. <laughs> They're so cool, and they have so much information, and they never get outdated. You're going to need it for college. Uh, yeah, when you write your yeah. paper on West Germany and yeah. East Germany. So before, or we said before 1948. All right, so reading, and this is a quote from, this just, I, I shared this quote because 
This tells you the mentality of the Western world, the Christian world, pretty much the world concerning the Jewish people. This is from 1911, mind you. Okay. Mm. This is what was in it. It said about the Jewish people. Quote, the possibility that we can ever again recover the correct pronunciation of ancient Hebrew is as remote as the possibility that a Jewish empire will ever again be established in the Middle East. Okay, and this is from Jewish scholars. They were concerned about the Hebrew language going away. Oh, yeah. And they were like, so they were concerned about people just not even speaking Hebrew. And they're like, it's just as likely that that we will lose this language as it is that we will never be a country. Let's talk about, we know this isn't going to happen. <laughs> right. Let's put some context. <laughs> right. The right, thing right. that we really don't, we right. want to not happen. Yeah. Let's correlate it to something we know is not going to happen. Right. Is basically what they did. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were just like, the fact that we're not a nation, we're not a people uh, together is, you know, we're going to... Uh, be all over the world, and we're going to speak those languages, and we're just going to lose the language. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, and but that's what happens mm-hmm. when when you don't have a homeland. We, we, we were talking about that last week. Yeah. So here's the deal: 2023. Guess what? They're speaking Hebrew. There's yep. Hebrew everywhere. They have you can go a, to New York. Land. You can go to different places, and people to, are speaking. You can go to Kennesaw, Georgia. You can go to Kennesaw, Georgia, and you go to your your uh, and uh, in Tennessee, in Memphis, Tennessee, has a Huge Jewish population. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, they're speaking Hebrew, and yes, they're speaking. Guess what? They're speaking it in the land that they said was impossible to ever happen again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they rule right the land that they, that everyone said they would never do. Right. It's been physically restored. It is there. So the when you talk about um, the restoration of Israel, it's not just the physical restoration. Otherwise, Jesus would have returned. Right. So um, there's a spiritual restoration, and, uh, and it's a restoration not just of, um, you know, we're all going to stand around and sing Kumbaya, like it's, and, and we all feel good about ourselves. It's a restoration back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, because I said this last week, and you said, well, we'll get there next week. <laughs> Is that the Jewish people are still in rebellion? Yes. Like even though they're... You know, they're fighting a good fight, mm-hmm. but they're still in rebellion mm-hmm. because they do not see Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And until they do that, right? we're, we're not. Because I think we were talking about, is this the war that starts everything? Right. There hasn't been a restoration. The dry bones haven't come back yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to a, a, a passage from Ezekiel, which we were looking at last week. In Ezekiel chapter 36, this listen to what verses 24 and 26 says. Um, For I will take you out of the nations. This is the prophet Ezekiel speaking to uh, the Israelites. I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols Verse 26, this is the the key here. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So the hardness of heart, the rebellion, the uh, refusal to believe uh, that Jesus is the Messiah, the promise from the prophet Ezekiel, from the Lord through the prophet Ezekiel, is that they will have a new heart and new spirit. Doesn't mm-hmm. that sound familiar? Yeah. Like that's like that's like Acts language. Mm-hmm. That's like Jesus saying, "Hey, wait here until the Counselor comes, the Holy Spirit comes, and He will fill you, and you will you'll understand things I've taught, and you will have a new spirit within you." Like this is that promise. So here is Ezekiel. He's a I said prophet. He's a priest, and here's the, the idea of the sprinkling. Uh, to him, it's noteworthy because what did priests do? They would uh, they would sprinkle uh, uh, articles of worship, you know, around the altar. They would sprinkle the dwelling places where people lived. Sprinkle people themselves, and all of this was this this idea, this picture of cleansing from sin, yeah, cleansing from defilement, like not being clean, and 
so when you hear this language, it, it's the result of this cleansing that's going to bring about new life. Now, in Jeremiah 31, uh, I don't have it totally in my notes here, but it has the same language where God promises a new covenant with the people of Israel, where he will put within them a new heart. Mm-hmm. So there has been a hardening of the heart. Now, God promises this will happen one day. It has not happened yet, but it will happen one day. When, we don't know. But where where the, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, will recognize Jesus and they will say, yes, he is Messiah. That's someday in the future. We do mm-hmm. not know when in the future. So here's really where I, I kind of want to bring the conversation is, what happens in the meantime? Do they just keep shooting rockets back and forth on each other and and the U.S. weighs in or and you know, other countries and do certain Muslim countries support, you know, the Hamas or whoever else will come in and then certain, you know, Western slash pseudo Christian countries come in and support Israel? Like, is this what's going to go on? Probably. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, what's really happening is we are the church. Mm-hmm. Christians. We are what's happening. Listen to Romans chapter 11, verse 25. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. So he's talking to Christians, some whom of which may have been Jewish, but many were Gentile, but now believers. Okay. Okay. And he was making sure they did not have a, a hardening of their heart or uh, a and hatred towards Jewish people. Correct. Paul writes. He says, "Do not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in, and in this way, all Israel will be saved." Mm. So there is a time period for us Gentiles to be grafted into God's plan. Yep. That's the time that we live in. This is the church age. This is the age of people coming to Christ um, before Jesus returns. Yep. Um, and so we're part of this. And Paul calls it a mystery. A lot of uh, different versions where it says a hardening um, of the of their heart or a hardening in part of them, we'll call it uh, blindness. Um, and that word blindness is a word porosis. And so it's, it's translated hardening or callousness. Um, it even talks about a spiritual stupor. And if you go back further in verse eight of um, Ezekiel, it says, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear to this very day. Um, oh, yeah. They don't recognize this. And so there's this there's this national blindness that has come upon the people because of the hardness of their heart, but it's partial. It's mm-hmm. passing. Yeah. And it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. This is for us to come into, be grafted into what the Lord is doing. So the blindness that Israel is experiencing, spiritually speaking, it's not a they will never, ever, ever see. It's a partial blindness. Not every Jewish person is blind. There's Messianic Jewish people. Paul himself was Jewish. I mean, many of the disciples were Jewish. He believed this is a passing blindness. It's not a permanent thing until the full number of Gentiles has come in. Do we know that number? We do not. Some religions will want to try and tell you they do. (laughs) But God has a purpose for letting us in, um, and God has a purpose for the partial blindness that that many Jewish people currently have. So here's the purpose. We are. (laughs) Um, We are that wild olive branch that's been grafted in. So we grow in this. This is our opportunity to be witnesses to the world. Um, Jesus even predicted this. He said, uh, there's other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Mm. I must. I also must spring that there will be one flock and one shepherd. So he's saying there's a whole other flock that I'm tending to that's not of this fold yet, but one day they will be brought together under one shepherd. Hey, and he's that's talking us. about, yeah. So blindness in part has happened to Israel until the Lord knows the full number of Gentiles have come in. That includes us. 
And so we're in this church age, this present age, this age of grace, if you will. When that time is over, um, whoever on this planet says yes to Jesus, when all who are intended to do so, that God knows will, um, Jesus will return. Mm -hmm. So there is the physical restoration and there's the physical war going on. But behind that is a spiritual restoration that will occur. And just as much, Josh, that you and I and many other people might want to say that's never going to happen, it's just like the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica 1911 version where it was quoted that, it is that the Hebrew language will be lost and the nation of Israel will never be. Well, mm -hmm. it is. It yeah. came to pass. And this spiritual restoration will come to pass as well. We have no idea when. In the meantime, we are a witness to the world, which goes back to a point you made earlier as far as as a, the U.S., as a country, as being a leader of a country. Um, that, that role is really important as mm -hmm. to how we support yep. Israel and how we... Um, play a part on the world stage mm -hmm. um, for all these things. So anything else you want to throw in? Uh, the Left Behind series has spiked in sales. <laughs> has it really? Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like, did you, did that just pop up? Did you read it or did it like cross your newsfeed or not, were you searching for well, it? I, well, I mean, I was, I was looking to make the joke about like, if you see a big, mass conversion to Christianity in Israel, you need to go buy a couple of these books to just kind of read. <laughs> and then I was like, well, wonder I wonder if, <laughs> if people are buying them. And yep. it is in the, the first one is in the top 10 of Amazon books right now. Wow. I mean, there you go. I've read them all. So my dad had all the cassette tapes. Nice. So he could listen while he drove the truck. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that we have completely explained everything, and you are fully aware, and now you know it all. So. Did we cover who are the Palestinians? Because that's the name of this. <laughs> who are the Palestinians? Yes, I kind of, I may, maybe I kind of uh, overran that a little bit, but so um, for what 400 years or so, um, what we know as the the Ottoman Empire. That area, the Turks who ruled that area allowed Muslims from Egypt and Sudan into that area, and those migrants became the ancestors of those who now call themselves Palestinians. But there was never a sovereign country called Palestine. Right. So, but over a period of time, you know, like we would say, uh, I don't know, I'm a South Georgian. You know, yeah. because I live here. But it's not its own state. Right. But really, I'm an Okie because I'm from Oklahoma. Uh, I and I mean, we, we need to play um, podcast bingo. And just every time I mention Oklahoma, it's like the center. There's a different on. game you do that when you <laughs> oh, say no. Oklahoma. We're not going to do drinking games on this podcast, okay? <laughs> Actually, we all need to drink more water. So anytime I say the word, I say the state name, the great state of Oklahoma, I want everyone to drink eight ounces of water. Okay, that's the new rule. People die from water intoxication. <laughs> I don't say it that much, Oklahoma. No. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not surprised that the book sales have gone up. Yes. Yeah. yeah, not at all. So. Um, hey, we got a couple of things coming up I want to mention. Or Go do you want to say anything else on this topic? Since did I really, did we answer the question of who are the Palestinians? Yeah, I'm, I mean, so basically it is a nomad current state is, is a nomadic people that have set up in the Gaza Strip area mm -hmm. governed by a terroristic organization. Mm -hmm. And they have a Muslim background. They came in from other countries after a period of time of being settled there. They called themselves Palestinians. Yep. Yes. So that's what we understand according to textbooks. So, But ones that were written and after Wikipedia. 1911. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got a couple things coming up. Um, it's that time of year. Things are happening. A lot of things are happening. Um, this Sunday, November 5th, first of all, it's time to share communion together, which is always wonderful well, in worship. Before that, yes. on November 4th, make sure to turn back time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shannon. Back turn back time. All your clocks are going to do it for you. So <laughs> I make a post about it every week. Be yeah, sure you and make a post share that it. information with your friends. <laughs> but our phones do it ourselves. <laughs> I know, right? But 
Times change is this weekend. Yeah, so enjoy that extra hour of sleep. Yep. So, and then enjoy the the um, sun going down at four p.m. So, um, but yeah, this, <laughs> um, yeah. So November fifth, we're gonna have communion together. We're concluding our series in Acts, um, but also, and it's actually already live. Tell us about um, our Christmas impact. Christmas impact has uh, went live. Um, currently, we woo woo woo. We need some sound effects for Christmas impact. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. Oh I'll man, just try one. Just try one. <laughs> See what it says. Yeah, I did the air horn. You can't hear it. Oh, it's gotcha. on my side. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Christmas Impact. Christmas Impact is live mm-hmm. um, as of recording this. Um, yeah. 20% of all the kids have been grabbed already. That is amazing. Yeah. So, hey, listen, if you want to sponsor a child this Christmas through our Christmas Impact ministry, and you're listening to this on Thursday, the day this episode drops, or Friday or Saturday, Go ahead and go online to theporchcc.com. Click on the events tab. Yep. And then uh, go to either, there'll be a boys section and a girls section, and you just pick whichever one you'd like to sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, older boys and girls always need love. They Th- do. Those are always going to be the ones that are left. So please be in prayer for yeah. an older child that's in in yeah, this program. For sure. For sure. Um so yeah, you can go online and 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 get that sponsor child for, and then you'll get the packet and the child information this, this Sunday. Sunday at church. Yep, we'll have we'll a have process. We'll have a table set up. Um, you'll just kind of show us the email where you've signed up, mm-hmm. but we'll already have it in hand if you've done it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And all we'll have to do is just give it to you. Yeah, so it'll save you a lot of time if you go ahead and do that online. Because we'll tell you to go register before you come back to the table. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like it. So that is awesome. We're partnering with Lowndes County Schools and Living Bridges. So um, we're sponsoring a lot of kids there this this year. So be a part of that. Um, and we're doing it now a little bit earlier than usual because we want all the we want everything returned by December third, the first Sunday in December. Uh, gives us a little bit less than a month for us to shop for our, our kids that we sponsor and bring them back to the church. You can bring them back anytime, but December 3rd is the deadline. We want to do that because then we want to disperse those out. Um, before school gets before out. Before school gets out for And that and that's Christmas. the really important thing is because mm-hmm. as we get closer to school getting out, kids are all over the place. So we want to make sure that they have enough time to get these before Everything gets crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Christmas Impact is happening. Um, and then on uh, November 12th, Sunday the 12th, uh, we're going to have a guest speaker. Than Grafham is going to be here. You don't know who that is, but he uh, leads an organization called Hope Project International. He's going to be delivering the message that day. This is a great Christian organization, and it is the organization we are partnering with for our Central America mission trip in February. Yep, yep. So um, more on that that you want to say? Um, he'll be here on November 12th <laughs> to deliver the message. And we're after al- this, yeah. We're also doing a um, special, special offering. offering for that because what we have to do is we have to um, have funds to build two houses mm-hmm. in Central America. And these are going to be for people that are in, in this country, connected to a church, and we're partnering with the church in that community to build houses for people there that ha- that don't have homes, or they're living in a house with no power, no water, dirt floors, and we're and we're going to build them a new house in two days. Mm-hmm. Cinder blocks, mm-hmm. sheet metal, concrete, power, concrete water, pad. Yep. So yeah, it's a definitely and a much. Ne- a, very good improvement in their lives, in their mm-hmm. day-to-day lives. So special offering on November 12th for uh, our Central America mission trip. Please pray uh, and, for what you think... can do over and above what you normally do. But I will tell you this, every amount that you're, any amount that you're able to give will be, it'll help so much. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't feel like, oh, well, I can't write a big check or I can't, you know what, if you feel led and you have minimal funds to do it, and you but you want to give that, do so because it's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. It all adds up. And I think we're looking for like six thousand dollars or yeah. something like yeah. that. So yeah, so we're really praying for our people to to um to pray about bringing mm-hmm. uh, an offering that day. So that's on the twelfth, and then okay, so uh, the no, then the next night, 
Monday, November 13th. It is our annual, uh, we're going to have a worship night and a um, celebration of the ministries of our church. And we're going to be looking ahead into 2024. And we encourage all ministry partners to be a part of that night. Um, you'll get to look and see where our budget is, where we're going in 2024. But over and above money stuff and budgets, we're going to be celebrating the ministries of the church. And all that God has done that's in 2023. Right. So that's on Monday, November 13th. And then I'll say this one other thing. Um, Sunday, November 19th. Adeline's getting baptized. Adeline is getting baptized. That is so awesome. I'm super excited. So, yes, yeah, she is being baptized that day. I know that's not what you were going to say. but No, but it's it's a good one. It's a yep. good one. So, um, But we are going to do one service at 1030 that day. I have a special message that I want to share with the whole congregation together. Um, and it definitely is about 2024 and our vision for uh, the coming year and our part to play. And so November 19th. 1030. Um, I'm looking forward. I hope that you'll be a part of this as we step out into 2024. So that's enough of what's coming up. So yeah. it's a lot and it's great and, and it's awesome. And we have more in the pipeline to announce soon. Yeah. So um, we are thankful for you all for being faithful listeners. If this episode was a little bit helpful in understanding Maybe it was. Maybe it was more confusing to you. I don't know. But if you felt it was a little helpful, and you please share this with others to listen. And um, we look forward, as always, to seeing you this Sunday and talking to you again on the next episode. So, Josh, thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll see y'all. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the One Sixty Seven Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.